Hi, everybody, and welcome to a new episode of Caligan Circumstances. I'm your host, Marian Angelis, and this is our show. Hello, 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 everybody. Welcome, welcome. And I have my lovely guest with me today, Ernesto. Say hello to everybody. Hello. And so today, we're going to be talking about a lot of nostalgia. And to say the least, Ernesto and I are big fans of nostalgia, especially in Disney. <laughs> yes, Yes, so we decided, well, it was more him. He really wanted to do this, and I totally respect that because I got a little bit of I got a little bit of writer's block <laughs> with with this show. Yes, every YouTuber ever when it comes to content, they gotta get that monetization. <laughs> well, I've done 64 episodes now. Mm. So it makes sense that I'm kind of like I'm a little stuck. So I'm just glad that you're that you really suggested this topic because I love it. But we might do Matilda later. So Oh yeah. I'm looking forward to that if that ever happens. If we can, we'll do Matilda for you. But I have no promises on that. For you, what are you talking about? Okay, here's the thing. With Matilda, it's hard to like watch it. Like there's no um streaming service that actually provides it. So I'd Mm -hmm. have to figure out a way to like rent it at least so that we can watch it together. So like that's the that's our caveats here, but we'll see if we can do Matilda for you guys. I will, I will try. <laughs> we will try. Him and I will try to do that for you. But, okay. What we're actually going to be talking about today is The Parent Trap, the one from 1998 with Lindsay Lohan and Dennis Quaid. And, God, this, this movie gives me so much, like, butterflies in my stomach. It's, like, so pure and so sweet. Oh man, I just get the feels because I remember watching it multiple times as a kid. I probably watched it like 15 times by now. Mm, me too. The first time I watched it, I was like, what, four, five? It was for me, it was a long time ago. But like, look, it's still a movie that stands on its own today. And it's really cute. Of course. Yeah. So the movie is actually is about um these twins, Hallie and Annie. Hallie um, and Annie end up meeting at this camp and they find out that they're twins, they're twin sisters, and that their parents each took them to a separate part of the country after they split. So um, Annie went with her mother, Elizabeth, to London and Hallie went with her dad, Nick, to California. And now the two and 10 years later, the the two parents are successful where the dad is a owner of a winery and the and elizabeth the mom she's a fashion designer fashion designer and owner of several boutiques throughout throughout europe oh yes and ironically specializing in weddings that's cute that's cute stuff god the the wedding hat the wedding top hat yes i die for the veil just goes over the top hat and that one scene brilliant we'll talk more about like the little things because that's what we like attach ourselves to but essentially Hallie and Annie they decide to switch switch themselves to where Annie gets to meet talk to her meet her dad in California and Hallie gets to see her mom in in London and essentially Hallie and Annie they decide to work together to get their parents back together from them meeting at a hotel to 
going on a ship. We'll talk more about that later. And even and even just getting them to talk alone. Like they really tried. And even when Hallie and Annie went with Nick and his fiance Meredith to the camp, which we'll also get into Meredith later, um, they still wanted their parents to be together. And at the end, of course, they do end together. We end up together because we love happy endings. And we love the warmth and the joy and the just the bubbliness of it all. Because in a 90s movie, I don't think there are a lot of sad endings. Except for Meredith. <laughs> That's true. But uh, I mean with like the main couples. <laughs> oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, there's always someone who isn't going to end up happy if I think if you think about it or someone or something that doesn't end up happy. But like it's like the best compromise of it all, because then Meredith finally ends up with someone who actually will pay attention to her and cover all her attention. Or she'll just figure out figure out not to be a butt (laughs) a little bit and be better next time to her next relationship. We don't know. Look, I'm already trash talking Meredith. But like, I don't even know. It's it's a really good movie, though. It's very, very sweet. And there are definitely like just the littlest things that just make me so, so happy. But Ernesto, why don't you talk about like one of your favorite little things? One of my favorite little things actually is at the start of Hallie and Annie's prank war at the camp. And one of the things Annie does is, for some reason, she managed to get all of the beds from Hallie's cabin up to the roof of the cabin. And when the shot cuts to the Union Jack, you notice Cuppy on top of the Union Jack. That's, that's actually very true. I thought, I thought that they just, like, all the girls from the cabin brought their beds up one by one. Oh, yeah, but it's just, like... How on earth did those heavy beds not tip over the roof? Again, like super glue. It must be like something industrial strength that the camp has. Oh yeah, but it's still really funny. <laughs> it is super funny. I one of my favorite things is actually the Oreo and peanut butter. Oh little yes, thing. because we all is it have that little disgusting thing? combination that we always secretly have a guilty pleasure. It's mm-hmm. mine. Mine's not that weird, but like I love butter croissants and crunchy Cheetos together. Mm. So like when, okay, y'all, gr- the girls uh, watching this show, which are most of you guys based on my analytics, you guys know what I mean. Sometimes you are craving something. <laughs> and for me, that's, that's crunchy Cheetos and croissants <laughs> every single time. It never fails, but like, it's just cute that they have their own little thing, which is Oreos and peanut butter. I love that. And like um, the bed prank we were talking, um, it's a different prank actually. Hallie and Annie, um, while they're on the camping trip with Meredith, they don't like Meredith. They actually drag Meredith's bed to the lake. (laughs) (laughs) And they just leave her there and she sleeps so still. And my friend was like, oh, if I if I like was um, sleeping on that thin bed, I probably would have fallen out. <laughs> she is such a heavy sleeper, I swear. But she took one large sleeping pill. Hey, maybe that was the girls' thing. Hmm. 
did they do that too? I don't think it was them. And I really don't think it was them in this case. I really think Meredith just did that <laughs> because she needed to. But that one's such a sweet thing. Cause like, I, I guess like sweet because I've always wanted to do that prank on someone <laughs> ever since I watched that scene when I was little. So that's like, good. What about, what's another one for you? Okay, it's just Hallie getting a royal flush and Annie getting whooped because she wanted a challenge at poker and she got it. And she had the devil's luck against her because Hallie got a royal flush, which the odds of getting it are approximately about 1 in 2.6 million. It was, oh yeah, you're right. It is 2.6 million. Sorry, we took, we do pre-conversations before we do this. And we have notes. So it does sound a little rehearsed, but I promise it's like pretty impromptu as it is. But I thought that was crazy. I didn't know the odds of a royal flush. Honestly. I just honestly looked it up right before we were going to do this. Yeah, Even I didn't know. It's just like, what on have earth? You seen, oh, sorry. Have you seen Try Guys um, go against a professional poker player? I haven't seen that episode, actually. I was planning on watching it later. Yeah, but essentially, okay, so if you guys know the Try Guys, they are a set of four dudes, four middle-aged dudes that try things. And one of the episodes, they the four of them go against a professional poker player who is actually ranked second, the second best female poker player in the world, is in the Poker Hall of Fame. And... She has like all these accolades and it's super cool. And you're like looking at the odds, like just change. And I'm like, I don't know how you do all that probability. So it's like super cool that they added like poker in this, even though it's like technically an adult, I guess like in an adult game. Oh yeah, of course. Like, but then again, they, when they were making the bets, they had like nail polish, like a hair scrunchie or something in there and some pennies. It's Yeah, that's fine. I don't mind that kind of gambling. I just mean like playing that in general. Oh yeah, but yeah. I'm surprised that Annie is got a straight. Yeah, but here's the thing: I love also when um, what was it? Annie beat Hallie in fencing because Hallie thought she was all that in fencing. Um. Also, um, I secretly love fencing. I've always wanted to do it my entire life. Oh my god, me too. I've always wanted to try it. Next to horseback riding. Both of those, but God, those are like some of our little things because we're so nostalgic for this movie that you it's like a quotable movie. Um, yes. And, you know, talking about this made me realize I am such a boomer. Honestly, me too. It's so funny because our ages don't reflect that. (laughs) Mentally, I'm a 50 year old. I feel like I'm I'm like 28. (laughs) I feel like I'm a decade older than I am. God, it just, it makes me feel old too, though. But as always, when we do our episodes, we talk a lot about plot holes. Ernesto, what were you saying to me before we started filming this? Do you want to tell our audience? You know, what's really funny is that, you know, we were discussing, you know, was Meredith really after Nick's money this entire time? Because, you know, Meredith is a very successful woman in her own right. Why would she need extra money? So I looked into how much Nick would make because he's a viticulturist. He makes about 56000 a year on average. That's just the average salary for viticulturists. 
it's only the top ends, the very successful ones that can barely make six figures, just barely. But otherwise the money that they make are just usually invested into the business anyway. Well, think about it like this. What if he had, what if his wine was being sold all over the country and it was like one of the top, top of the top wine that was sold for like like tens of thousands of dollars? You know, that is fair because, you know. That would have, that would explain why he earned so much. Yeah. And also it's really interesting because he has to pay child support technically. (laughs) I don't know. Technically they just split up. Like they weren't even, like they just split up and they both agreed not to pay pay each other child support. Mm. Like technically they didn't pay child support at all. Yeah, this is something the parents are equally as successful. Yeah, that's what I just thought. That's what I just thought. Was like, do they do either pay child support? No, because it says here, like, okay, sorry, I have a Wikipedia on usually when we do these. It says after their parents divorced, they were raised separately with no knowledge of each other's existence. So that means that they wouldn't pay child support. There would have at least been evidence of that, but no. They like here's the thing, they both are equally as successful. So what was the point of doing child support? It's like, they're both going to be giving and earning the same amount of money anyways. Think about, that's what I think, at least. Yeah, and also to be fair, why on earth did both parents did not inform either twin that they are a twin? <sighs> Legit, I thought it was the most messed up thing. I was thinking, why the hell are these parents being these parents i don't get it i understand you know you know international borders they're both from different countries and it's already a messy situation as it is but like at least tell the girls that they're twins Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it was it was just messed up i legit thought why why didn't you just tell them like everybody was okay with it is what i found more shocking I thought there would be, like, some rebuttal, at least. They'd be like, why didn't you tell us? And what's really interesting is that Chessie and Martin knew that they're twins, but they never bring it up either. Wait, wait a minute. Because Chessie was like... Wait, did they know from the beginning? I don't think they knew from the beginning. Because Chess, remember, when Chessie was confronting Annie, who was posing as Hallie, it's like, oh... There's no way you could be her. So Chessie knew of the twins. I think she just knows Hallie really well. I don't think she knew about the twins like from the beginning. Like not from the beginning of the switch. I mean, from the beginning of Hallie's life, from the beginning <laughs> when Allie was watching over them. Unless, wait, also, I just realized Chessie was like, oh, do you see what the kids are doing now? And the funny thing is, is that the help was reenacted. Because Chessie and... Oh, so they didn't know they were twins. Exactly. This is and otherwise, Chessie had that little speech. It's like, oh my God, it's really her. Just that little, what can I make you? So yeah, Chessie knew about Annie. My life. You're right. Oh my God. So did Martin. I'm dying. This is like double. I don't think it was double betrayal. I think they were just forced under silence. But like, like, there's no way you could be the other one. There's no way. 
but then they figured it out i was i remember that reveal though don't make me cry that makes my heart so happy oh yes because trust me chesty's reaction to annie is just oh it tugs my heartstrings that's god just so cute my heart i'm just gonna give a moment of silence for it okay okay i need to get myself hugged i'm gonna pull myself together but like what about meredith Hmm. Meredith is something else, to be honest with you. Oh, really? So what about her, you know, stood out to you as you were watching? I felt like she was just extremely sassy. Like, here's the thing. I know what it's like, at least, to, like, to, like, meet people who are, like, together with, like, some of your closest people in your life. And they're not the kindest. Like, you don't get the best first impression. Like, Meredith is nice, nice version of herself. It's like, hi, hon. Like, that's her. Am I wrong? <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. And you know what's really funny? She kind of r- reminds me of Marilyn Monroe. I don't know. If I that's think they did. No, they did that on purpose. Yeah, they did that on purpose. They had to. They had to have done that on purpose because... I think that was like, in a way, it was like, I'm, I don't think this is a good thing to say, but like it, it made it feel like Nick, um, Hallie's, Hallie, Hallie and Annie's dad, he chose Meredith because he's like, quote unquote, a better version of a the better version of a better version of Lizzie, of, of Lizzie, the mom. And that's an issue because like Meredith, it says that um, she's a 26 year old, 26, um, child hating publicist who is planning to marry Mick for, Nick for his money. So it does say he is marrying Nick for his money. Hmm. But then again, you know, I just said earlier, like viticulturists, they make ab- above average pay on average, but Meredith herself is a successful publicist. Like, why would she need the extra money from Nick? Because she wants to live the the rich life, pretty much. She lives in San Francisco. She's already living rich. Being in San Francisco does not mean you're rich, necessarily. Yeah, fair enough, because it's so expensive. Yeah, I was like, what do you mean? If you make a lot of money in San Francisco, you lose a lot of money in San Francisco as well. Of course, but it's just like, you know, back again, like, why would she really need the money if she's already successful to begin with? And, you know, it's really obvious that, you know, Meredith is really into Nick. It's not just for the money. He's got the looks in her eyes. That's true. I don't disagree with you on that, but like the fact that she hates her children, hates his children, is 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 like a a goal breaker. Because like even before they started the pranks. Yeah. You didn't like her. And, you know, obviously when it comes to, you know, dating between consensual adults is that one deal breaker is children. That's a big one. And obviously, you know, she was aware of Hallie existing, but not of Annie. That is a red flag right there. And I honestly felt bad for Meredith when she realized- I did too. They're twins? Yeah. And also, okay, so we were talking about a bed prank, okay? 
Yes, mm-hmm. Meredith, Hallie, and Annie were sabotaging Meredith several times over. And Meredith marched to Nick and she was like, you choose me or them. And she's like, them. And she's like, what? And he says, T-H-E-M, them. Get the picture? Yeah. <laughs> Yes, 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 yes. I love that. And legit, best part. One of the best parts of this movie. Like, Meredith, okay, here's the thing. I get some of Meredith, but I don't get all of her. I don't get a lot of her. Because <laughs> I'm more, I am, um, okay, so Ernesto was saying to me, like, one time when we were talking, that he's more, you're more sympathetic to Meredith mm-hmm. in a way. For me, I, I totally get where you're coming from because like knowing that she's a that she's a twin and that her fiance hid that from her is not good at all. That is just straight up deception, not cool. Exactly. And with that, it's like, oh, it's not cool. It's like, um, well, it's not cool. And that's why she's kind of spiteful. But at the same time, she just she hates children, she hates the outdoors. And those are things that Nick loves. Yeah, of course. Then why is she with him? His looks? If it's just his looks and his money, what kind of relationship can be sustained from that? Yeah, but it's just that even if she wasn't dating Nick, she's still as successful as she was even after the breakup. She's not gaining much of anything. She's not losing anything for that matter. I think her time, but that's pretty much it. And, you know, it's not really Meredith's fault for her being the sole reason why Hallie and Annie's perfect vision of their parents being together and she's just an inconvenience of that of their vision. That's true. And that's really, when you think of it like that, it is it does put a really bad frame on the twins because they shouldn't have been pranking Meredith that much. They should have just told their dad about how much she hates them. Mm-hmm. But honestly, with the pranks, like it made Nick see how much she hates hates Hallie and Annie. I mean, come on, it's not Meredith's fault because you know, being attractive isn't a crime, you know. Sorry. That's true. But it is a weapon. Of course. And it was weaponized. Sorry, I have my personal opinions here. Meredith's not necessarily a good person, but I do understand some of Yes, some of the and, reasons you know why it's really strange because as we get older we, we relate to characters like meredith and squidward that's true because squidward i'm just as narcissistic i'm just i'm kind of like just as plain sometimes i don't want to leave my house i just want to play my clarinet which i'm not kidding you i i did have a clarinet oh, yes. in middle school so that's that's the funny part and but like regardless of like all the plot like the plot holes in the movie it's just the nostalgia that kind of just brings it all together, though. Oh, yes, absolutely. And honestly, I am kind of a little kid at heart because honestly, I would be the type of person to pull little pranks like Hallie and Annie did. Honestly, we used to like, um, there's this little joke that my family and I used to say, and it was like, what's funny? It was like, and I'm like, what's so funny? And they're like, Bugs Bunny. <laughs> We always make that joke because we love my family and I, I grew up with Looney Tunes, like the old Looney Tunes. Mm, yes. There, we had like the full on like three volume CD of Looney Tunes. 
And like I grew up on the Tasmanian Devil, Porky Pit, Porky the Pig, Bugs Bunny, the Duck. Be like, hey, Doc. You know, it's really Here. interesting because I had similar DVD sets like that, but they were in Spanish. <laughs> I watched a lot of Barbie stuff too, but you know, that's or like Barney. Oh, I grew up with Barney. Mm. Yeah, I don't even know. It's just nostalgia just really brings everybody together. Of when you course. have like such positive feelings about something, even when you just mention something, it gives you this immediate boost of endorphins in a way. You're just like, ooh, I feel good. I'm ready to go. And like, that's the point about the parent trap is, is that even though with, despite like the issues with the movie, it's something that everyone continues to watch. And I love the ending though. Oh, absolutely. And one of the things that really honestly makes me happy when I'm watching the movie is just Hallie and Annie teaching each other how to be each other. That little sequence, that montage, it's just really good. You get my heart. Seriously, that's my favorite scene. Because then it's like, oh my gosh, they're getting to know each other. But the ending is so cute. So essentially at the end, um, Annie and um, Lizzie, they end up going back to London thinking that Nick and Hallie weren't going to go after them. And they go home and they look for their, and, and Lizzie looks for her grandfather, for her dad, technically. And essentially, when she, find, when she's, when she thinks that she finds her, grand, her dad in the study or grandpa, I don't know, it's Hallie there sitting. And then Nick is like, and then it's like, um, and then like Nick shows up and then Lizzie's like, do you think we're just going to live happily? Do you think we're just going to be, do you think we're just going to raise our kids, raising them here and there in a bi-continental relationship? Do you think we're just, I'm just going to forgive you, forgive you. And we're going to start, start exactly where we left off and have, and live happily ever after. And then he says, yes, except, but, but except for you hysterically crying. <laughs> And then they kiss. And then I'm like. I love the photo montage after though. Oh yeah. And Chessie and Martin. They end up getting engaged. They end up getting engaged in the credit sequence. So cute. They are my favorite people. It is so cute. Ah. But like. Sorry. My back really hurts right now. (laughs) But. (laughs) It's just so cute. Oh, absolutely. It's just, you know, their relationship, their little interaction between each other. It's like, you serve a ladle. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's, it's just a good movie. If you guys really want to just watch this movie, I bet a lot of Americans know this movie, but like for people who are overseas watching this, if you guys get the chance to watch The Parent Trap, you guys will get to understand a little bit more of the American culture. Like we, this is really just something that fits so many people's childhoods. You it's know, not it's realistic. Really- <laughs> but the oh, fact yeah. of just like the relationships of, of Lindsay Lohan, both as Hallie and Annie with each of the parents is so realistic. And I love that part. That's like the really sweet part is like how they develop relationships. You know, what's really interesting is, you know, you mentioned that you're getting used to like saying, oh, this is what American culture is like. 
I actually watched the movie like a few years ago with the with a friend who I'm friends with from who lives in the UK. He watched it for the first time and it's like, you know, he asked me, do you think British people talk like this? And I'm like, no, of course not. I know it's exaggerated. And he's like, good. And, you know, he was he thought the funniest thing about the movie was just Annie being like, that girl is the most. <laughs> well, here's the thing. It's a nine year. It's like an it's like an, an 11 year old learning how to how to speak in a British accent. It's not going to be that good. <laughs> I know, but to him, it's just the funniest part of the movie because <laughs> he thought the accent was awful. I think accents, if they're not well-practiced enough, they're awful. Mostly British accents, actually. Think about it. Most people who do British accents don't do them well. But I think British people can do pretty good American accents. Or it can just be just as hilarious, like, Phoebe from Friends trying to talk Swedish. Honestly. Holy crap. <laughs> okay. And that brings us to the end of our episode. Thank you, Ernesto, so much for joining me. You guys will get to see him hopefully in... Let me think. You guys will at least get to see him in two more episodes two upcoming episodes maybe three if we do matilda we'll see about that one but this has been another episode of collegian circumstances thank you guys so much for watching and i will see you guys next time bye